When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome one, welcome all to the Court of the Trashy Royals, where we assemble each week to reveal and revel in the tales of our betters behaving badly. My name is Stacy. Hey friends, Alicia here. Thank you for joining us today for our episode as we continue <laughs> the ever-continuing trashy tale the of... The epic tale of... Lord and Lady Mountbatten, Edwina and Dickie. In this episode, we have more affairs, maybe divorces, another daughter, so much coming for ya. Before we begin today's Trashy Royals adventure, we do have a few fine and good nobles to thank this week, our very newest Patreon supporters. Big love and big thanks to Heather C. and Jessica O. We appreciate you and all of our sustaining Patreon community. This one is so easy. If you want in on early and ad-free episodes, two bucks a month will get you your very own private Trashy Royals feed. Early, ad-free, we drop them, you get them. Easy, like pie. It's so easy. Patreon.com slash Trashy Royals podcast is the place to go to find out more about that. We appreciate all of our Patreon community. We appreciate you being here with no time to delay. Let us anon to the continuing adventures of Edwina and Dickie. Remember we left off. Edwina's hanging out with Sophie Tucker, the yep. last of the Red Hot Mamas. Yep, over in America. Over in America. So after spending a few weeks with Sophie Tucker in New York City, Edwina is going to go on to Long Island to be with Laddie, Stephen Sanford. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Laddie, Laddie never goes away. Right. Longtime suitor, maybe lover. Totally lover. Totally lover. Okay. Yeah, totally lover by this point. Okay. Laddie's been one of her first lovers. He's been sustained for a while. So Edwina's just into all of it. Every bit of it. Okay. She will take every ice cream flavor on on offer. Red wine, white wine. She doesn't care. Doesn't care. Rosé. <laughs> so here Edwina reunited with Laddie on Long Island. It's at this time... She realizes she may be pregnant again. Man, Sophie Tucker. I know, right? What kind of power does Sophie Tucker have? Do you know that Sophie Tucker was described by the Beatles as the best rock and roll band in America? They loved Sophie Tucker. Sophie Tucker's a big, big deal. But Sophie's out and Laddie's in. And Laddie's like, hey, Edwina, let me help you out. I'll take you to a doctor. So Laddie takes Edwina to the doctor and the doctor tells Laddie that Edwina is pregnant, but nobody tells Edwina. Wow. And I'm guessing she's not seen Dickie in recent enough for that to be the paternity. We're not making that the story here. The real story here is Laddie knowing Edwina's pregnant. 
will use this as his prime opportunity to force Edwina to choose between him or Dickie. Nobody can see you shake your head. I'm shaking my head. Okay. So after getting the ultimatum from Laddie, Edwina's like, psh, I'm out. She tells her maid to pack up her stuff because they're going back to London. Mm -hmm. Edwina's no idiot. Once in London, Edwina goes to her own doctor to learn, in fact, yes, she is pregnant and that her second child would be due in May of 1929. Edwina... With child, do you think Edwina's going to take it easy, maybe rest on her laurels, just kick back, relax? Doesn't seem like her style. No. Pregnancy doesn't keep Edwina from her jet-setting lifestyle. As soon as she finds out she's pregnant, it is off to Morocco with Dickie and his brother George, Prince George, and some other naval friends. Their friends were appalled to see Edwina riding a camel when she was seven and a half months pregnant. I just feel like that would probably be very uncomfortable. Eh, maybe more so for the camel. So they were received, Dickie and Edwina, while they were on holiday by the Sultan. Then it's off to Gibraltar. And it was during their stop at the Ritz in Barcelona that Edwina goes into labor five weeks early. This is probably one of my favorite stories. I really do love the story. So Dickie panicking in Barcelona. Oh my God, Edwina's in labor. So he's frantic. He finally finds an English doctor who is staying at the hotel. And then Dickie is going to call his cousin, Queen Ina of Spain. This is Victoria Eugenie. This is the daughter of Princess Beatrice. Queen Ina is also the granddaughter of Queen Victoria. Queen Ina of Spain is in Madrid, and her husband, Queen Ina's husband, King Alfonso XIII, answers the call. Dickie. Edwina's in labor. Lady Pamela writes in her book, Daughter of the Empire, Life as a Mountbatten. This is how it goes down. We're having a baby, exclaimed my father. The king, this is Alfonso XIII, a great womanizer, got the wrong end of the stick and replied, Oh, my dear Dickie, I won't tell anyone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's the response you want. <laughs> Don't worry, Dickie, your secret's safe with me. Tell everyone employed my father. It's my wife. Edwina's having the baby. <laughs> Such good luck. Isn't this great? Leave everything to me, says King Alfonso, and rang off. Within half an hour, the royal guard had the hotel surrounded. In the meantime, a doctor had been found and dispatched to the local hospital to secure the necessary equipment and an English nurse who appeared like an angel and administered chloroform to deaden the pain my mother was experiencing. Downstairs, the doctor had returned from the hospital with an ominously large bag, but he rushed with such steely determination towards the entrance of the hotel that he was promptly arrested by the royal guards. No no running in the hallways, is that? <laughs> poor Pamela, poor Pamela. I'm so glad she actually got born. Yeah. Despite the premature birth, a healthy daughter was born to Edwina and Louis, their second child, on April 19th, 1929, they will name their daughter Pamela Carmen Louise. 
Now, to be fair, Pamela's birth was not easy for Edwina, and Edwina's health would be fragile for a little while afterward. But it served to bring her and Dickie closer together for the briefest amount of time, like three weeks. (laughs) Edwina will stay at the Ritz recuperating for those three weeks, and a few weeks after Pamela's birth, Edwina writes to Dickie, I think it takes sometimes a crisis like this to make one realize just how much one cares for a person. I don't think there can be anything seriously wrong if we feel like I think we both did during this last week. As we know, this brief marital bliss will not last. Yes. It's Edwina, after all. As soon as she was considered recovered, what's happening? New boyfriend, new girlfriend, new... I don't know. Well, you got to get back on the social scene to find the new. Okay. Right? You got to find that. You got to get back socially to find the strange. So with the birth having been five weeks early, even after three weeks of recuperating, Edwina was ahead of schedule and was able to attend some events that she had not thought she'd be able to go to. Remember, she delivered early. Yeah, how lucky for her. So she was like, man, I'm really going to have to miss all these things in the spring. But alas, no, I do not. Thanks, Pamela. Really opened up my social calendar. This is great. Really does. Her first stop after leaving the Ritz in Barcelona was to go to Paris Hmm. and shop at Chanel. Sounds right. I mean, spring collections. Come on. Pamela, baby Pamela, was christened on July the 12th, 1929 at the Chapel Royal, St. James Palace. Naturally, the chapel was full of all the royals for the occasion Some of those in attendance at Pamela's birth were Prince Edward, future King Eddie VIII, otherwise known around here as David, the Prince of Wales, Prince Henry, Harry, the first Duke of Gloucester, Princess Beatrice, formerly Princess Henry of Battenberg, Princess Louise, the Duchess of Argyle is there, Princess Marie Louise is there, and Princess Elena Victoria. Pamela's godparents were that helpful king, Dickie, I won't tell a soul, King Alfonso XIII of Spain, Prince George, the first Duke of Kent, Maria, Duchess of Pinaronda de Duero, I'm sorry for that, the 13th Marchioness of Villa Viscosa, Marjorie, the Countess of Brecknock, and Nada, who we know mm-hmm. about, the mm-hmm. Marchioness of Milford Haven. Sure. Sister-in-law of Edwina, correct? Correct. Not an Edwina. We're still not done with their adventures. In her book, Pamela writes in Daughter of Empire, My Life as a Mountbatten, she's Lady Pamela Hicks. Now, she's baby Pamela in our story, but grown up, Lady Pamela Hicks. We'll openly discuss her mother's many lovers. She tells a story about her mother came home one day to find a very exasperated maid who told her, Mr. Larry Gray is in the drawing room. Mr. Sanford is in the library. Mr. Ted Phillips is in the boudoir. Senor Portago is in the ante room. And I don't know what to do with Mr. Molyneux. Five men, one house, Mm -hmm. one Edwina. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. (laughs) Pamela will also write the following about her mother's lifestyle and how her father was able to cope. It seemed to me that she couldn't stop herself indulging in this hedonistic way of life, the endless adventure and travel that so thrilled her 
it was my father's complete lack of jealousy and total desire for my mother's happiness that made their marriage work. Are you telling me that Louis Mountbatten was a bit of a doormat? 100%. Interesting. Totally a cuckold. He just loved Edwina. Mm-hmm. Like, more than love. And, again, I think their story's so fascinating, they never divorced. I can't cover them on a trashy divorces, but if any other couple had all the yeah. conflicts that these two experienced, I have a feeling we would have featured them over there. Mm-hmm. Edwina, back out socializing. Now's a great time to take a quick break here from our sponsors in this spot before we come back to four more lovers. Oh my, it's a lot. We'll see you on the flip. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morph. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Oh, there's just no slowing Edwina down. It is four months after Pamela's birth that Edwina's off on another grand adventure. Who's going to tell her no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is loaded with cash. Mm-hmm. She's married. Mm-hmm. Her husband's off at sea. She's got governesses and nannies for her two kids. Mm, why not? Yeah. There's nothing slowing her down. August 1929. Edwina's off on a grand adventure this time with... Lord Beaverbrook. Ooh, I Your love Lord Beaverbrook. favorite name, yeah. Edwina joins Beaverbrook on the Arcadian for a Baltic cruise. A few other folks on this cruise included, we've talked about her before, Jean Norton, Arnold Bennett, Venetia Montague, and Mike Wardell. And this is certainly a pleasure cruise, but it is also significant because this is the first passenger ship in 1929, August 1929, to visit Russia since the revolution. Hmm. It takes another decade plus. As such, the pleasure party on the boat received the warmest of welcomes from the Russian government. They were all taken to the Winter Palace in Leningrad with Andrew Loney writing, they met politician Maxim Litvinov, whose wife Ivy noticed Beaverbrook purring around Edwina. In February 1930, Edwina was headed back to the United States. After landing in New York, she'll make stops in Chicago, California, New Orleans, and Florida. Now, let's go to Hollywood for a little bit. It has long been speculated that Edwina and Douglas Fairbanks were romantically linked. Do you remember Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford and mm-hmm. Weena and Louie visited on yeah. their honeymoon? Stayed at their house, I think. Maybe. Visited Pickfair, stayed around. Okay, okay. They were in the movie. They met Chaplin. Mm-hmm. It was all a big deal. This was in 1922 when they get married. So we've moved up to 1930. By 1930, Fairbanks and Mary Pickford are divorcing. And newspapers speculate that Edwina is the reason for the season, so to speak. 
Since they were friends, Edwina and Douglas Fairbanks, it was hard to know for sure if their evident fondness for each other was romantic or merely friendly, but when it came to some of Douglas Fairbanks' friends, there was no doubt about the nature of those relationships. Ronald Coleman was one of the most successful and famous film stars of the 1930s. He also becomes very fond of Edwina, and the two spend time together during her visit to California. Ronald Coleman is not the only friend of Douglas Fairbanks to enjoy a romance with Edwina in the spring of 1930. Let's talk about Lawrence Gray. This would be Larry Gray. He's a handsome and well-liked actor. He had starred as the leading man opposite female stars like, oh, so many of my favorites, Gloria Swanson, Louise Brooks, Clara Bow, Marion Davies, and Norma Shearer. Ronald Coleman and Larry Gray at this time were in a bit of competition for Edwina's affections, and it was Larry Gray who came out on top. And so it was Larry Gray who went with Edwina when she makes a little trip north and visits Randolph Hearst mm. and stays at his castle, San Simeon. Oh, the spider webs. I love it so much. All right. Is Edwina out of trouble? I don't think she ever was. <laughs> nope. In early 1930, Edwina would again be named as co-respondent oh in God. another scandalous divorce case. Sure. Uh-huh. Marjorie Hall Simpson petitioned the high court for divorce from her husband, Henry Anthony Simpson, who goes by Tony. Marjorie alleges that Tony had frequently committed adultery with Edwina Cynthia Annette Lady Louis Mountbatten. Marjorie's mad. Marjorie's been keeping a little notebook. And Marjorie cites specific accounts, including October 1926 at Brook House in England, December 1928 at the Ritz Hotel in Paris, with Pamela being born in April 1929, the December 1928 rendezvous would mean that Edwina was about five months pregnant at that time. Sure. Now, naturally, the divorce gets a great deal of media attention. And to add to Dickie's embarrassment, uh, Tony Simpson is his friend and naval colleague. Hmm. It's his buddy. It's his bro. Sure. Uh-huh. How does this all resolve? Unsurprisingly, Marjorie Simpson was eventually paid off with guess who is acting as intermediary, Lord Beaverbrook. Tony Simpson feels so bad about his bro, Dickie. Like, I can't even believe I put you into this situation. I'm glad that that level of decency at least existed. Like, Tony, man, I know I slept with your wife, but I'm really sorry about the scandal. Man, I'm really sorry about it. Tony offers to pay the Mountbatten's back for the amount they paid Marjorie to keep quiet. Like, thanks for stepping in. The check can come from you. I'll just write you a new check. Dickie refuses the money. He's like, Tony, it's not about the money. It was the scandal that it brought. Mm -hmm. Edwina, for her part, doesn't care about either the money or the scandal. Edwina is continuing on her sure. adventures. 
no rocket science degree needed in relationships here. Clearly, things are not going well in the Mountbatten marriage. Dissatisfied and growing bored with her social calendar, her social engagements, Edwina's going to find a hobby. She takes up an interest in archaeology. Hmm. In January 1931, Edwina will join her friend Marjorie, the Duchess of Sutherland, on a cruise to the West Indies to amuse themselves with this new adventure. While there, the ladies meet up with Marjorie's husband. This is Geordie Sutherland, as well as Edwina's old Hollywood flame, Larry Gray. Now, there is another man there too, and this guy is going to be the guy in Edwina's life, the love of her life. Forget Laddie. Forget every other man that's come along. Edwina is about to meet Ted Phillips. Ted Phillips goes by the nickname of Bunny. Just so you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bunny would become what Edwina and her daughters described as the love of Edwina's life. Once Edwina falls for Bunny, poor Larry Gray, forgotten, cast aside. Andrew Loney writes, In the photos taken in Mexico City, Ted sits with one arm around Edwina, whilst Larry has been relegated to sit at her feet. Mm. Mm. Another stop that draws a great deal of interest from the newspapers was a resort town south of Mexico City called Cuernavaca. This was a notable stop because this town, Cuernavaca, I hope that's the way it said, was known for allowing divorcing couples to speed up the process Mm. to get the proverbial quickie quickie divorce. So while Edwina was on her adventure, Dickie, on a boat across the world, is reading newspaper accounts of Edwina potentially getting a quickie Mexican divorce, and Dickie's like, "Mm, what? Really? Husband's always the last to know. Sure. Apparently, Dickie at this point had come to a crossroads. Dickie decides it's time to confront Edwina about her affairs and the abject humiliation, embarrassment, like, (sighs) poor Dickie. Everything Edwina is doing is just a knife in Dickie's heart and Dickie goes to visit Edwina, and she tells him that she understands they need to divorce. And Dickie's like, bet. We totally need to divorce. Thanks for letting me come see you. I'm glad we've had a chance to work this out. I'll leave in the morning. But alas, it was not to be. Edwina, having perhaps second thoughts about ending her marriage, comes up with an excuse to visit Dickie's bedroom in the middle of the night. And by the morning, all plans for the divorce were off. But the two continue to talk and they agree on a few rules. Dickie says that Laddie, Stephen Sanford, would no longer be welcome at Adsdean or Brookhouse. These are two of their homes. Edwina relented on this, but writes to Dickie. I suppose my affairs with Hugh and Laddie were what you would call serious, but as they never in any way altered my affection and respect for you. I don't think of them as such. This is a surprising level of candor. 
I just slept with them, but a it's lot. you I really love, Dickie. Mm -hmm. Dickie writes of this letter, I want you to be as great a friend to me as I am to you. Easy going and with no secrets. Okay. Edwina writes back, no one could have been sweeter or more tolerant of me than you during the last years, and you'll never know how much your devotion and long-sufferingness have meant to me. Now that we understand each other better and are such true friends, I feel sure things will be so much easier, and I feel so much happier about everything. I do feel you're my best friend in all the world and a good deal more. And so, huzzah, the Mountbatten marriage had been saved and the couple had agreed to an arrangement. Edwina agreed to support Dickie and his naval career. Dickie agreed to recognize that Edwina needed emotional and physical fulfillment from people other than Dickie. Various and sundry, I think is the phrase you're looking for. There is a stipulation thrown in that Edwina would be more discreet about it than she had been in the past. I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, he's attempting to regain his family's title of first sea lord. In the it's, I mean, it's not a hereditary title. He is attempting to work to achieve this Correct. office that was taken from his father. And his wife is literally globetrotting with various men Headline and women news mm -hmm. every single day and what can dickie do he's on a boat sure trying to redeem his family honor also i bet that makes being on a boat with a bunch of other guys super comfortable well when half the guys are sleeping with your wife gah. okay so essentially by this point the mountbattens have agreed to an open marriage everybody's made their trade-offs i'll support you dickie you let me do what i want to do that's cool, Edwina, Dickie says. I just need you to be mm -hmm. way more undercover about it. I love it when couples decide to have an open marriage. It's my very favorite thing. <laughs> We're going to take another quick break here and talk about how that actually rolls down in an opposite way because Dickie is going to begin his first affair. Hmm. How the tables have turned. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. Now, this is a little interesting, okay? 1932, Dickie is going to begin his first love affair. What's good for the... Goose. Gander is mm. certainly good for the goose, as Dickie sees it, now that everybody's agreed to this whole open marriage thing. Pamela Hicks, their daughter, will discuss the actual hypocrisy of Edwina's feelings about Dickie having lovers. Mm. Interesting. Because it turns out Edwina is... Not a fan. Not a fan. No, no. Big, big not a fan. That's interesting. She's not as a, as accepting of it as Dickie was of her, even though Edwina had had several affairs oh, yeah. by the time Dickie has his first one in 1931, 1932. Pamela Hicks will write, My father had learned to accept my mother's boyfriend's. 
but my mother found it impossible not to be jealous. The fact that she had been taking lovers for 10 years was apparently of no account. (laughs) This story is so messed up. I love it. In 1932, Dickie Will, 10 years of marriage, Edwina having zero restraint. Dickie finally is going to embark on his first affair. Dickie's first affair was with a lady named Yola Letelier, and she would remain Yola Wood, Dickie's primary mistress, until he dies more than 40 years later. Discouraged by Edwina's perpetual desire for other men and feeling less appealing than all Mm -hmm. of her lovers, Dickie's self-confidence about his own attractiveness, his own swag, right, was pretty low. Andrew Loney writes, Dickie was thrilled to discover that another woman found him attractive. Mm -hmm. Whoa, I have game. (laughs) Dickie's got something. Uh Dickie hasn't felt like he's had anything for a decade. So in an act of extreme hypocrisy, Edwina is furious, off the charts, big, hopping mad when she discovers Dickie was having an affair with Yola. So what does Edwina do? Does she threaten divorce? No, Edwina immediately leaves to go to Paris to confront the mistress. Oh, my God. Edwina's going to have it out with Yola. Is she now? But what turns out to happen? They become the best of friends? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Seems right. Edwina goes to confront Yola, and she's like, wow. You're really nice. I like you. And the two become and remain close friends. Edwina, while she's still in Paris, writes to her husband, Your girl is sweet and I like her. We got on beautifully and are now gummed and I'm lunching with her at her house on Tuesday. Oh my God. (laughs) Could have gone a lot of ways and that's the way it went. These two. Yola was a French socialite. She was the third wife of Henri Letelier. Henri was a rich newspaper owner and 40 years older than his third wife, Yola. Yola was frequently photographed wearing the highest fashion clothing of the time, including Chanel. She was described as an extremely attractive, boyish-looking girl with cropped hair and a little snub nose. Now, so, so very modern. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is where it gets fun. Are you ready? It all comes together. My done and done folks are going to love this. And I'm going to bring it all together. One of the interesting facts about Yola is that she was the inspiration for the character Gigi in the 1944 novella by Colette. Colette, a decade later, will meet Truman Capote in 1954, introduced by Jean Cocteau. And it is Colette who gives Truman his first paperweight and starts him collecting paperweights. Gigi, Yola, is the inspiration for one of Colette's most famous characters, Gigi. Isn't this incredible? For my Hollywood folks, Audrey Hepburn would later play Gigi on stage, and Leslie Caron would be cast as Gigi in the 1958 musical film, That American musical romantic comedy film was directed by Vincent Minnelli. It always all comes together. In the 
novella, Gigi. Gigi is a teenager raised to be a French courtesan who marries an older man. Andrew Loney writes, Mystery continues to surround Yola. Born of Von Henrique, probably in 1904, she gave dates ranging from 1900 to 1907. She also used the names Henriques, Henriques, whilst the dates of her marriage to Letelier vary between January 1926 and 1928. With her heart-shaped face, freckles, and long legs, she was chic, animated, attractive, intelligent, undemanding, and affectionate. As for Yola's husband, Andrew Loney writes, the owner of Le Journal, then the world's third largest selling newspaper and co-developer of both DeVille and Cannes, Letelier was one of France's most powerful men, reputed to own 1,260 suits, 11 motor cars, wow. a champagne marquee, a racing stable, Mexican oil fields, and real estate scattered through Europe and South America. So she married well and then ended up as Louis Mountbatten's companion. Gigi, for... the role model for Gigi is mm-hmm. Dickie's long-term mistress. And although Yola was one of Dickie's lovers for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. Yola doesn't have the same role in the family as Edwina's longtime lover, Bunny Phillips, will, old Ted. According to Lady Pamela Hicks, the girls, Edwina's daughters, were aware of Yola but she was not an ever-present figure the way that Bunny was in their lives. Pamela writes, Yola did not live with us, but would visit us frequently, bringing us charming gifts. Meanwhile, Uncle Bunny is just kind of always around. Uncle Bunny is always around. That's, hmm. Next week, we're going to get into Ted Phillips. And, oh gosh, because it's... Even though Edwina's met Bunny, it's not just, we're not stopping at Bunny. Oh, yeah. Edwina's got so, (laughs) so many more adventures Mm. to have. And we are going to resume Edwina and Dickie's adventures next week when we come back for more Trashy Royals. (laughs) I think I can wrap the rest of the story up in two. I think this is going to go two more episodes. But every story just gets trashier. And I promise y'all next week is something I is a story that out of the 2,500 stories I have researched and released across three platforms, you've never heard anything like this. I can't even wait to be back with you next week. That's quite the teaser. It, I, I, I'm having a hard time describing the words. There's a medical condition for it. Okay. Oh my. I can't even wait to be back with y'all next week. Thank you, thank you for spending your time with us this week on Trashy Royals. If you like what we do here in our trashy little universe, and there are a few more places to catch us totally free. Stacy, tell the people. Wednesdays and Sundays, we drop Trashy Divorces, and we've been at that for several years now. And on Mondays, you have a little Dominic Dunn fan cast. I do. We are currently watching through every episode of Capote versus the Swans and talking about all the behind the scenes stuff there. Always something going on around here. Y'all, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you accompanying us on this journey today until we meet again. 
wherever we do. <laughs> Keep your eye on the throne. Polish up that crown. Keep your eye on Edwina. Don't oh. let that girl out of your sight. It sounds like everyone kept their eye on Edwina. <laughs> and she liked that, I think. In more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Have a happy week, friends. Thanks again. Big love, everybody. Bye. Bye.